Hey everyone, welcome back to Make It Happen Mondays, where we talk about sales, business, entrepreneurship, personal growth, mental health, and everything in between with guests who I truly respect and I think make a positive impact on the world around us. And holy shit, do you have to listen to this conversation. Uh, I just got off with Varun and Eric, who are over at clay.com. And when I tell you, you need to listen to this conversation and share it with whoever in your network is in sales and gives a shit and wants to survive, you have to pay attention to this one. Chat GPT, in my opinion, changed everything and my perspective on this whole industry and where it's going. We're going to start to see things evolve faster than ever. And these guys are at the front of it. They are helping me personally reinvent my entire approach to prospecting specifically. And we talk about whether I'm just being an alarmist right now or if I'm being a realist with what's going on and how I see Clay and ChatGBT and a lot of these AI tools replacing a massive amount of sales professionals. But for the ones who care, there is so much opportunity. You know me, I rarely product push. I rarely say, oh, you should go check this out, right? And usually it's just at the end, but this one is you have to check out what Clay is doing and you have to pay attention. Listen to this podcast and share it with whoever in your network is in sales and cares and wants to evolve because if you don't, you're going to get replaced. Let's make it happen. What's happening, Make It Happen family? Big shout out to our partners today, Gong, Vidyard, and Chili Piper. Gong's data is more than valuable. It's cornerstone in any organization looking to collect the data that's going to tell them where they can improve and where they need to spend their time making changes. Vidyard makes it easy for people to use videos anywhere. No matter whether you're sending videos in email or on social media, posting them somewhere, or sending them in a DM, Vidyard has got you covered. Our friends at Chili Piper are so much fun to be around. They make it easy for people to get on your calendar. And every sales rep has got to have this function locked in. It's one of the most important things we can do as a seller. How can I get you on my calendar easily? Chili Piper can make that happen for you. Be sure that you're checking out all these great tools. And now let's pass it over to John to find out who's joining him today. See you soon, everybody. Varun and Eric. All right, guys, we're about to have a real fucking interesting conversation. How you guys doing? Thanks for joining me here. Doing well. Thanks for having us. Doing yes. great. Excited to be here. Yeah. So for everybody listening to this one, uh, if you've been paying attention to me online right now, talking about ChatGPT and everything else that's happening to the world that we're in right now, um, these two gentlemen uh, are, are further, far further ahead than I am on this topic. And uh, we're going to be talking today about uh, what's going on out there in the marketplace and also what the opportunities and what the risks are for sales professionals, specifically in the SDR space. So managers, listen up. But before we do that, let's let's get some background here. So, uh, Eric, why don't you kick us off? Give us a little bit kind of background of where you're where you're coming from and uh, and what got you to this point. And then, uh, Varun, let's let's go back to you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, I run growth at Clay, and so what I do is I help a lot of the users uh, enable themselves to be able to understand how to use the product. And also, a lot of times they come to me and they say, well, I want to do this. And I usually question their their first principles. And I say, you know, do you really want to do that? Or do you actually want to do something more interesting instead? Uh, and so I help enable the users. And then I handle a lot of the content that brings a lot of users into Clay. And they get to see it, you know, on LinkedIn or they see it on YouTube. And then they get uh, to try the product themselves. 
Before I joined Clay, I was running an outbound agency that actually was radically changed by the way that we're using Clay. Uh, literally every single part of our process was made far easier uh, by using the product. And then uh, Varun and a couple other people actually came to me and they said, hey, you know, the way you're using the product, no one else is doing that. Could you teach other people how to do that? That would be that would be great. And so uh, I happily came on and joined the team. And then now we help people understand one prospecting as a whole better and then automating it inside of the spreadsheet. Awesome. All right, Varun, how'd you, how'd you come up with this, man? Where, where are you coming from and how'd you come up? How'd you start this? Well, I, I, I didn't come up with it, so I'm, I'm happy yeah. to not take the credit on, on, on that particular, but I, um, so I, I'm our head of operations and I'm responsible for the business side at Clay. And, uh, um, you know, before this, I was sort of running different business units at different companies and, and, and in tech and different startups and things like that. Um, but I was sort of really into the no code, low code world. And I just randomly heard about Clay a couple of years ago when it was a shell of what it is now. And, uh, honestly, the first time I, I saw it, I was just, my mind was blown and I was like, holy crap. And this was two years ago when it was a lot less than what we have now. And I was like, I didn't, it is honestly the only software I've ever seen in my life that made me feel something that like actually like gave me emotion in any kind of way. And, um, uh, and I just kept thinking about it. So I had to just get involved. And, and so that's sort of how I, uh, I, uh, how I, uh, how I got involved with the team. And, you know, now I'm basically responsible for things that are not the product engineering side of things and, and work closely with Eric to grow the business, work with customers, um, and you know, like what's cool is like, we feel like, and this might sound a little trite, but it's, it's genuine. Like we feel like we are actually just solving people's problems. And it just so happens that the best way to solve their problems is using clay. And I, we never really feel like we're selling anything. I even tell people, I'm not selling you just like, here's how you can solve your problem. You choose which way you want to do it. And so that's the fun part of about doing this. So yeah, excited to chat and uh, talk about prospecting. I love it. And, and just to, uh, let's start off like this. So. Back in 2017. Um, so everybody knows who's listening to this podcast. You know, I've been doing I've been in the game for a while. Um, 15 years ago, uh, Basho was the, the company that I took the training from. And it was this why you, why you now email. And it was the, and I mean, that shit worked, right? It was about doing research, finding that trigger, writing a super hyper-personalized email, firing it off to the executive, getting a referral down. And it worked like a charm 15 years ago. Then, you know, 10 years ago, I started kind of noticing, you know, some of the cadence tools were starting to come out and that type of thing. And then in 2017, uh, a couple of uh, reps from Salesforce left Salesforce and they started a company called Shakespeare. And Shakespeare was an artificial intelligence app that created personalized emails at scale. And and at first they sent me an email, hey, John, we, got, we built it off of your model here. So we would like to show it to you. And at first I was like, yeah, whatever, right? Who cares? Um, sure, fine. Send me a sample. And what they sent me, I was like, holy shit. And I, and I, and I immediately hit him back. I was like, wait, there was no human involvement in writing this email. And he sent me back. He's like, no human involvement other than picking the article to use from our app. And oh, by the way, it took 70 seconds. And I was like, what the fuck? Now that just so happened to be the time where I met with Gary Vaynerchuk and I went to his 4d session in, in New York and you had a Q and a at the end with Gary. And I, at the time I'm like, Gary, I just saw a computer write an email better than I could have ever written. Um, where does that leave us? And he's in his, and he was right. In my opinion, he, he said, look, don't worry about the technology. Be the last mile, right? Right before it makes, you know, hits the human, make sure they humanize it a little bit because technology is not there yet. Right. And then I watched it not really take off. I thought it was going to eat world. And I was like, no, nah, okay. It's not there yet. What I saw about four weeks ago 
with ChatGPT and what I've been paying attention to with with what's happening right now, I fundamentally think we're in a different world. So let's start with the acceleration right now. Am I am I being an alarmist right now by saying I think things are going to accelerate at a at a pace? And let's macro technology wise, we'll get down to the SDR. We'll get down to that technology here. But am I being an alarmist saying that I think that technology is going to move faster than we've ever seen it here moving forward? Uh, so I'll jump in on that first that no, I, I don't I don't think so. I don't think you're being an alarmist. I, I think any sales professional right now that isn't thinking about who, how do I increase my technology quotient? How do I increase the, my understanding of all of this technology? Because, you know, a lot of this technology is doing it way better than a human is able to do it. And it's a lot cheaper than a human and it's more reliable than a human. So no, I don't think you're being an alarmist at all. I think any sales professional marketer or growth uh, or a person in growth needs to be thinking about, oh shoot, uh, I need to get my head around this. I, um, I don't think you're being alarmist, but I don't think I agree uh, because I think that um, in terms of like the technology moving faster than anything we've ever seen, I think it would be hard to beat like what we've done from like 1990 to 2010 when we're like, you know, we had no internet, nothing. And then like we had Google Maps and Uber by 2010. Uh, and those are just a couple of things, right? So I think like uh, it would be hard to beat that. Uh, I think right now you sort of have two spectrums of people um, when you're talking about artificial intelligence. You have the people who you know use ChatGPT and stuff like that and see mistakes and see errors and see how it gets super confident when it tells you that the capital of Pakistan you know is is, is not correct, the capital of India is in Delhi or whatever it is, and uh, they're like, oh, this this stuff works. And you have other people who are saying, wow, this is the craziest thing and it's going to be absolutely insane. And I think the truth is probably somewhere in in between. And I think these models are really, really hard. And we're going to see other companies like Google and Facebook and other and Apple probably come out with other artificial intelligence models in the coming years. And so uh, it's I, I think we, we've like hit a breakthrough in the in the public per- perception and in the technology. But I think it's going to still take quite a while to get these to 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 to, to you know, be completely, you know, sentient or things like that. But I think where we uh, and I, I think it's far beyond like the people who are upset about these little errors and stuff like that, like the the true potentials there. So, but I think the truth is really somewhere in the middle. Yeah, and and I I agree, but I, I just like it just feels different now. It's for some reason it just feels different because now you. I mean, I don't know if you guys saw this morning, BuzzFeed. Do you see the news about BuzzFeed, the creators it, for Facebook? They well, but they they let go all their co- their writers and they're doing everything chat gpt and their stock oh, wow. went up by like 95 <laughs> percent. wow yeah wow so so like and 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 you you and i both know that like what three years ago people were telling people oh get into copy like make sure you're really good at copy because that's going to be you know fucking awesome moving forward now it's irrelevant now you just need to write prompts you don't need to write copy Right. So, so that's why just for, for me, it feels a little different. And I also think, and, and again, I'm going to stay on the alarmist piece here. If I look at this, I, I, I have been saying that this has been a correction in the software space, right? In the SaaS space, because they got over bloated over the past few years. And, you know, now it's like, okay, they were kind of stupid. They didn't think that they thought that this was going to last. And now they're just firing the people that they overhired for. Right. I actually don't think that anymore. I actually think it's a preparation. Because when you have a company like Microsoft drop 10,000 people, but then invest $10 billion into open AI, 
to me, that's telling them that this is, they're using this as an opportunity to lay off a whole bunch of people because of the quote unquote economy, but they know why they're doing it because they know if they did it in a year, because they automated all this stuff and told the audience, told the world like, oh, we just laid off 10,000 people because uh, we got robots that do that stuff. The, the PR nightmare behind that would be worse. So way worse than where it is now in a bad economy. So again, talk to me, Eric, am I, am I wrong on that? Or am I, is it somewhere in the middle again on there? Uh, well, no, again, I think that we are in be what we're in the middle of, because in some ways I do agree with Varun because we, we do talk about technology as like, when we say, well, it's technology like we've never seen before. Um, you know, there was a much bigger leap from the pony express and mail and the telegraph than there was from a landline to a cell phone, right? As far as, you know, because then you went from, you know, three days of getting a message to now instantaneous, right? And so I on that side, I am, I, I do agree. But what I think now we're seeing is two, two factors that really affect exactly what's happening in the tech sector. One, automation and AI is just getting so much better that you can have one person who is enabled by a software copilot you see it with github copilot you see it with a lot of other tools as well enabled with a copilot that can now do the task of 10 people and that is absolutely happening in the sdr model 100 uh, especially if your organization is heavily reliant on email then 100 is happening right now and then the other thing too is just the globalization of talent where you know do we need all of these people you know in the united states or in canada or in north america when there's uh, like a lot of people say you know uh intelligence is evenly distributed but opportunity isn't and now the world is getting flatter to to be able to make that happen so i know i i do really genuinely think that just the productivity increases that we're seeing right now the ease that no code automation is bringing people the generative ideas that you're getting out of ai right now is something that you know will mark a place in sales and marketing forever yeah yeah, yeah. Arun, what do you think yeah, I mean, I think um, I'm not. Uh, I think that there. I think what's interesting to me about uh, about a lot of the developments here is we're like, like we've been talking a lot about the text generation elements of GPT three and ChatGPT. But what's also, I don't think I would have ever expected that uh, something like Dali would have happened by 2022, 2023. And I don't think, like, I think if you had asked any of us maybe 10 years ago. Um, if AI has happened, I think a lot of us may have guessed something like ChatGPT or or like that sort of the text element where you can write copy and stuff like that. But I at least would never have guessed like, hey, you know, uh, generate an image for me of like dinosaurs playing volleyball on Mars, you know, and, and for it to just come up like that. And that that's insane, you know, and um, and it does it with such high precision and quality. And like, that's just extraordinary. And so I think what's interesting to me is like how that technology developed so much faster than our imaginations could have processed um, and maybe even faster than the tech stuff right um on the on the software side on the uh, on the companies in the public markets like i think the reason google and microsoft facebook all of these have laid off all the people i don't think that's totally connected to the ai stuff like i think it's mostly because public markets you know are like we don't think that these companies have cost discipline and the amount of money that mark zuckerberg was spending on uh uh, on uh, on the metaverse and and AR and VR and like that was uh, you know orders of magnitude more than the public markets could stomach. So I think like those are the reasons really driving those layoffs. And I don't think those companies have really automated that much using like this new stuff. But I think they're all really 
big bets on like the features and and what they can provide in terms of value to, to consumers in the future. And maybe they will start automating their own work. But that's kind of my perspective on that. All right. Cool. I hope you're right. <laughs> because I I just feel like the, you know, the you know, winter's coming and they know it. And, and some and a lot of people don't. And I think that's that that's a good transition to our our conversation about the SDR and the sales world here. Um, because I've been preaching for a long time that I think the uh, predictable revenue model, albeit was great at the time, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, because it helped us as companies scale a sales model, right? It was a lot easier instead of hiring one sales rep to do everything, segment those roles, hire cheap labor, beat them up and move them through the system. Now, what was, and that was great when software eats world and everything's going well and everything else. And the tolerance from the client perspective was, okay, you know, like this is the process, I guess. Um, but now the the predictable revenue model, I think, is, is has been broken for a long time because it's not customer-centric in any way, shape, or form. Nobody likes to be handed off 15 times before they actually talk to somebody who knows what they're talking about. And we're going to go back to full cycle inside sales supported by true ABM and AI. So... We're in a bit of a transition phase right now because I've been talking to CROs who see that as well. And they've already laid off their uh, SDR team or they've rolled SDRs under marketing and they're kind of letting them do that, but not necessarily go. So are we at the breaking point of that model? Um, And what's the transition here? And then we'll talk about what the reps should be paying attention for that. So Varun, why don't you give me your perspective on this? Are we at the point where it's fundamentally going to shift the sales model as we know it in SaaS? Old school sales is old school sales, okay? But as we know it in SaaS, are we, are we at the moment where it's a, it's a fundamental shift? Yeah, I mean, I think we are. And I can maybe take the first half of that question and pass it off to Eric for the rest. But like, um, you know, even just building off what we were saying in terms of the public markets and and cost discipline and stuff like that, you know, the years of uh, of extremely low zero percent interest rates and uh, free money basically are 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 not here for the time being and maybe not not here for a while. and and that really forces you to readjust like your priorities as a business and really forces you to look at your balance sheet and and your costs. And um, there's a lot of costs there when you're when you have a team of 25 SDRs, maybe. And uh, and I, I think now that you have so many uh, data sources out there, so many tools like like Clay and, and others that you can use, you can automate almost all of this work. And maybe you could automate it all with having no SDRs and just having it run through entirely from a singular person. And this isn't just Clay. Like there's tools like Zapier and Airtable and so many other great products out there in the no code, low code world that have sort of you know, brought this about. Uh, over the last five to ten years, and now that the the pressure is there from investors and uh, and the market to also do something about it, and uh, so there's sort of outward pressure, and the tools are 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 there to to make it happen. Um, we're sort of at the point where where the circumstances allow for for some a shift like this to happen, and for a pretty dramatic change in how we do the sales model, so that you can get to a point where maybe you're sending tens of thousands of emails a month, uh, six months, a year, and have that completely automated end-to-end um, with no human at the loop even, and have it be really high quality, high, really targeted, really personalized, and um, and only have humans to respond to these emails or or do direct dials and stuff like that. So I think that's kind of the, uh, the, the moment we're in where a lot of circumstances have collided, but I don't know, Eric, if you have other thoughts you want to share there. Yeah, absolutely. Um... 
and it's kind of taking a step back, right? I think the one thing that I appreciate about the predictable revenue model is that every person in your Henry Ford style assembly line Listen. all should be specialized and know their task better than anybody else. Should be. Should that's be. A, that's an operable term right I, 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 there. Yeah, exactly. Should and so be. in with teams who are trying to replicate the predictable revenue model, they read the book and they say, we're changing the whole sales motion. We're, we're going to do it this way. Then it seems they take the most junior person straight out of college who has no clue what they're doing and then put them on the front line to represent their brand in front of every CEO in their, their target addressable market. And it worked back in the day, one, because, you know, the... The, you could just fire off emails. And I remember in 2016, I was doing personalized emails with just a first name and nobody could sniff it out. I sent 200 emails and got 70 responses. Like nobody, nobody could sniff this stuff out. Now I send a personalized line based off of how long they've been at the company as the first line, a personalized line pulling in an employee that works underneath them that this tool would be able to help them with. And then I even compliment them on a restaurant in their area and they say, take me off your list. I'm like, whoa, 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 wait, 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 hold on. And so what I can appreciate appreciate about the predictable revenue model is we will still have people who are very, very good at their jobs and they need to be siloed in order to do those things. Um, what it will change towards, I think, is outbound is going to become more like the ad networks of Facebook and Google and uh, you know Amazon. And what I mean by that is is People hate outbound because there's no relevance to them. They get the email and they're like, I I'm out. People, I, you know, I would go to my friend's house and they talk about Bed Bath & Beyond and then we'd see an ad for Bed Bath & Beyond and they're like, oh my God, they were like listening to us. No, they're not listening to you. You looked up Bed Bath & Beyond on your phone. I connected to your Wi-Fi. They see us in the same spot. It's really, they're not listening to us. But what I can appreciate about that is finally on Instagram, I'm getting ads of things that I might genuinely buy. Dude, Instagram has me figured out. I'm like, oh, cool. And and then you're hitting on the point that I, sorry to jump on this, but that's exactly it. Like if my inbox was filled with super relevant fucking good ideas and shit like that, like I'd actually, I'd actually be kind of interested, but yeah. it's filled with a bunch of bullshit. So it's like when I'm on Instagram, I'm like, actually, I do want that. I didn't even know that thing happened. Exactly. Like, that's fucking cool. And I like it. And so now I think the revolution that we're really going in right now is if you think that you could just email every chief marketing officer in your market with 50 and 100 employees and say the same thing to all of them, uh, my bet is not on your horse. But if you break down your market and you say, okay, if this trigger is true, we're going to say this. If this is true, we're going to say this. If this about their company is true and they ha don't have these people on the payroll, we're going to say this. And you have all of these relevant steps that you can know and experiment with on your on your users. And then the best part about all that is there doesn't have to be any humans in the loop uh, with all of these data sources that are together. Whether or not you want to check out Clay, like just keep investing in data rather than people and automation. One CEO came up, came to me and they said, you know, I, I took them from one in 500 emails as a positive response and I got them down to one out of like 150. We like really, really improved the, the response rate that they were getting. And he said, all right, I think I want to double the SDR team so that we can send more emails. And I was like, <laughs> What? Or <laughs> I just set up more inboxes. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, the, and they were like, yeah, but what about their LinkedIn profiles? I'm like, what about their LinkedIn profiles? LinkedIn, you know, you can connect with 100 people a week, maybe, and then you get 30% of them to connect with you. And then you're, what are you going to do? Pitch slap them? Like, right. no, if people think about LinkedIn all wrong, which could be a whole other conversation. It's a media platform, not a DMing cesspool. Totally we can talk totally about agree. that later. Yep. But anyway, that's that's what I where I think all of this is headed. 
So, all right. I want to take two angles here on this. One from a rep standpoint, one from a business standpoint. We got companies who are in the predictable revenue model that have SDRs that are getting less and less results, um, and but still rolling off of old playbooks. And I'm gonna be, I'm gonna throw myself into the in, into the fire here of an old playbook. I think my playbook's one of the best out there, without question, for what was. I fundamentally know that if I don't completely overhaul what's going on right now, that I'm going to be a di- I'm, I'm a dinosaur already, but I'm going to try to be the alligator that comes out of the dinosaur realm and stays still an alligator. It might not look like a huge beast, whatever, but I'm still going to be here, right? So let's talk about the let's talk about the companies first. If you are a VP of sales right now in an organization that had a 50 SDRs and uh, you know 150 AEs and you were seeing that the outbound like stuff just was not working right now would you and be as draconian as you want on this would you literally cut the 150 as or call it cut the cut 45 SDRs out of the equation keep five of them and then empower them with the tools that you guys have or would you find some way of leveraging those 50 SDRs um, to to do something through this transition, I might suggest option C, which okay. is uh, like spend like a week, not even spend a few hours, use something like clay or something like that, and just test this out. Like you know, we're not like spitting out voodoo magic or something. You know, no, like no. Uh, like just test it out, see how it goes, and it'll almost certainly, and then compare that to the output of your SDRs, and then this thing costs like a few hundred dollars a month, maybe. And that thing costs you tens of thousands of dollars a month, maybe. And look at the output you're getting on the SDRs. Look at the output that you're getting on this automated solution and just compare. And then then you don't even have to make this dramatic uh, dramatic choice. And then you can, and then you have the numbers to, to, to back it up. And so I probably recommend just like testing something this out, some, something like this out for like a week, two weeks, a month, something like that. Get the data that you need and, uh, and invest in that. And then, um, and then, Either like no one wants to lay people off, right? And either see can you make these people a lot more efficient and get like you know exponentially a higher degrees of output from the existing workforce, and if not, uh, uh, then maybe talk about a riff or something like that. But if you can, that's maybe a win-win solution for everyone. Uh-huh. Yeah, and, and then I I just want to also just open up with I've never been a chief revenue officer. I've never been a VP of sales. So it's tough to to give that perspective as well. But what I have done as I helped multiple SaaS companies in the outbound agency, I've helped multiple SaaS companies at Clay. And uh, what I would be doing too is is having a conversation around, okay, you know, what what do we have here? If say this all does work and we completely automate email and we could get them all personalized and they're all relevant, what do we have here? We have people who can make really good direct dials. We do have that. We have some people who can who can really handhold and really manage a large account and watch that with like the the level of human expertise that we and relationship that that we don't have. But then we also have all of these LinkedIn profiles that if we give a content strategy to could also become a huge beacon for our company as well. And I would just have a conversation and sit down with everybody about, okay, you know, we, we want to leverage more automation and we want to leverage more data. Um, Vroon and I, if you look at our statistics for Clay, about 40% of all the waitlist signups come in through our LinkedIn posts. 
I think a lot of companies aren't taking as big of a stand as they possibly can on social media. None of the SDRs are posting. They're not be- being, you know, the the lighthouses for the company. And there's tons of free impressions out there. So I think there's still there's still opportunity to keep that headcount. It's just, well, what are we going to have these people do now instead of the things that we could take over with automation and everything? But if that being said, I still would sit there and I'm a CRO or a VP of sales. I think you should set up 100 inboxes, get them all warming up, give yourself a month to prepare and then light this stuff up and, yeah. you know, escape the spam filter. Um, right. But, you know, that that's also my take, too. Yeah. Well, and I think, well, what you would. But both of you really outlined there was the value is is not necessarily the sales value. It's more the marketing value of these of these players, right? For, so you know, SDRs getting on LinkedIn and posting and sharing stuff and leveraging the tools and the insights and those type of things to connect, you know, connect with people. Now the phone is where I think it's going to have a resurgence um, because I do believe that that is part of, you know, okay, that that's a human piece. And I, and I will tell you right now, I'm actually curious of what just happened to me literally today. I get this call from the local police, um, you know, trying to, for donations. Right. And it is blatantly obvious to me that they are reading a script, right? So they'll read a script to me and I'll, and I'll be like, guys, and obviously because it's the police and I, you know, I don't want to piss them off cause I don't want to be on their bad list. Right. So, so I'm like, Hey, I, I'm like, could you just, you know, could you just talk to me like a human being? And the guy keeps going back into his script, right? And then, to, like, he did it twice. Um, and the second time when I when I when he called, I said, "Look, I paused. I said, are you a robot?'" And he said, "No, sir, I'm not a robot. I'm just going through a process here too." But he read it like a robot. <laughs> so part of me was like, "This motherfucker's a robot." Like this, you know what I mean? Like this is Chat GPT with an AI thing giving me the answer to the question that I had, but continuing on their script. So, but it, but, I, but I was still questioning them because I know what a, like historically, I know what a robot sounds like. You know what I mean? Like when I get the robo dial and it's high, you know, da, 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 I'm like, all right, fuck off. Right. And then it kind of kicks to a human. And now finally the human says something. Right. But this one was so weird because the guy was, he, he was, he sounded robotic, but there was enough little points in there that I was like, Wait, is he is he is he human? So I guess with what you're seeing with I mean, I know you're working with my boy KD, um, with like Get Potion, you know what I mean? With the with the with Get Potion is the um the the deep fake deep stuff. Fake. Right? So with the deep fake stuff, and then somebody like Jeffrey Gittimer, who is in our space too, Little Red Book of Sales, you know, self-proclaimed king of sales, he's telling me that he's uploading all his shit to the group that actually works with Paul McCartney and Michael Jackson's family. And he's going to create an avatar of Jeffrey Gittimer that is going to be Jeffrey Gittimer. It's not going to be like a cartoon version of Jeffrey Gittimer. It's going to look exactly like him. And because he's got so much content out there, they're feeding it into this machine and they're going to create a coaching tool that any rep can sign up for and get coaching from Jeffrey Gittimer, right? So like, you'll be able to ask like, hey, Jeffrey, I'm about to go into a meeting with a CFO and I, you know, this is the situation. Any suggestions? And he will answer it exactly as if he would answer it because he doesn't, you know, he's not saying new things. Like he's got, you know, catalogs of content. So with the deep fake shit happening and the stuff like, um, you know, the, not open AI, but the, 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 the chat bot or the, the, the voice AI stuff, how are we going to be able to tell that it's a human? And, uh, and, and, well, let me, and let me put one more piece to that. And does it matter? 
outside of layoffs and getting rid of people and all that other stuff, does it does it actually matter? Will it matter that I fucking care that I'm talking to a human in the future? So, uh, so one, I, I think that it will. One, people like people despise if you if they feel like the email was just an automated email, they they despise being on the other side of it. Um, but so I think, because, but but Eric, you, I'm going to jump in on that. That you made the point earlier that if it was really fucking relevant and super personalized to me, that's I wouldn't true give too. A shit if it yeah. was, a, I wouldn't give a shit if it was it was automated. I'd also say that maybe on like chatbots and stuff like that, people aren't like that upset, and like people get the help get the help they need when they uh, like you know reach out to uh, an airline or a Dyson or whatever and ask for help, and they get automated responses. And there's all these little companies that are being sprouted up right now that ingest all of a company's documentation. And right. like it's an AI chatbot to just like explain and answer questions directly, and that's like true. that's pretty helpful. And like I'm not that right. as long as my question gets answered, I'm not upset. You know, like uh, if my question doesn't get answered, if the problem doesn't get solved, then that's a separate issue. But um, but right. uh, but if it does, then like that's a lot faster. You know, that's better for me too. Yeah, that's true. Um, and I I think inside the sales world, it, it will, you know people will appreciate it as long as it's relevant and you you know you're pointing out on somebody's website they found this error and, and those yeah. kinds of things um there there could i think there might be you know i think people could be a little mad if a personality were to re- so if you were to make deep fakes and say hey like i've seen the work that you're doing as an sdr you do it so well blah blah and then they find out that that wasn't you i could see them being yeah. like oh you know what i i had my whole career because john barrow told me that i was doing a great job <laughs> yeah so, i don't know maybe, maybe something because like i sent you a video and now you're like fuck you you know yeah yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> so i don't know so, uh, maybe something but Varun's point is very good as well like there's so many customer support uh, actually i think all of customer support is going to get radically changed because you oh. can just take all the documentation and then just now it's the same thing turn 10 sdrs into just one sales ops person yeah. you probably yeah. take 10 success managers and just put it into somebody who's the tough questions. What's up, everybody? I know you're enjoying this conversation. John does a great job with genuine curiosity on these episodes, and our guests consistently bring the heat. We want to take a moment here and let you know that you've got an opportunity, an opportunity to become better than you were yesterday. And you can do so by gaining access to all of JB Sales content. All of their training tips, techniques, tactics, and takeaways can be yours for $1 a day. $365 for the year gets you annual access to everything, including our private Slack channel for members only, which you get access to all of us directly 100% of the time, 24 hours a day. And then at the same time, you're going to get access to our bi-weekly Ask Me Anything sessions where you can bring real deals to the table and get the help that you need where you need it. This is very, very important. Sales reps that invest in themselves are often found at the tops of their leaderboards. Join us today and get the help you need to become the seller that you deserve to be. That URL, one more time, is joinjbsales.com. Let's get back to the show with JB and our guest for this week. All right, so let's talk then what does a sales rep do right now? So uh, I'm a 23-year-old SDR. I, I'm, we're in a shit economy. Uh, I'm, I'm hearing, I'm listening to this fucking podcast right now and going, holy shit balls, what does that mean for me and what do I need to be focusing on? Um, I'm saying to reps, business acumen, emotional intelligence, and curiosity, those are the things that you got to really double down on because that is, you know, that that emotional intelligence, that connection with people, the genuine curiosity, even though computers can do that too, there is just something about, I'd rather not go through a tree of questions. I'd rather just have a dialogue with somebody. But 
if you're that rep right now, and I'm only talking to the reps that give a shit, by the way, the ones who have been fat, dumb, and happy over the past 10 years by pushing fucking buttons because this industry has been on fire for 10 years and never sold through a down economy, and you go home at five o'clock and you wonder where your leads are coming from every time you step into a company, those people can fuck off. I got no sympathy for them. But for the reps that care, that are like, I love this profession of sales. I want to get better, but I don't want to get replaced. Where and what should they be looking and focusing on right now? Yeah. Uh, so like I said, I think technology quotient is going to be the the difference between, between all of this, right? Like just if you're a sales rep and you know how email deliverability works, instantly you are ridiculously more, more, uh, you know, important to the organization because this is something that every single organization is having a problem with right now. If you understand how automation works, awesome. If you understand how to collect data and to synthesize that data in order to run a better outreach campaign, that that's what you do. And whether you're using Clay to do these things or you're using other no-code tools, just brushing up the amount of the, uh, the amount of SDRs that I talk to, and I ask, "What's your day-to-day like?" and they go, "Okay, I log on, I go out to Sales Navigator and my saved list." I get a spreadsheet out and I copy and paste uh, 15 people for the day. And then I find their email addresses manually uh, by looking them up one by one in Seamless. And then I write personalized emails uh, to all of them, which ends up being some crap about the like college that the person went to. And then they ship off those 15 emails and then they'll do their, you know, 70 wishy-washy direct dials that they, they hope to connect with somebody on that they were told to do. And then they repeat it the next day. And I'm just like, Oh my gosh. And that company, I literally, I, I can't, I went to the CEO and I was like, I will give you your whole TAM, the entire thing. You just pay for the emails to validate and I'll get you the entire thing at cost. And it, it, it he was like, all right, like, and it, it turned out to be less than what he pays one of those SDRs on like a monthly basis. And I was like, how have you guys just not even thought about this? But I, but this isn't just at startups though. I was speaking to somebody at, at Amazon two weeks ago aws he was like yeah they still have me manually pull people out and and do these things and i was like oh here's your list here's all two thousand people in your market you're done go do something else and it's just because they just don't have the technical quotient the 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 access to the tools and they don't even know what questions to be asking as well so i tell everybody you need to learn how to use generative ai prompting is going to be huge to be able to do that you need to learn how to web scrape and you should know how to use no-code tools slash figure out how an API works. And then you become incredibly invaluable to the rest of the organization. I, t- I say all the time, there's a huge difference between a rep who knows how to scrape data and a rep who doesn't. And right. the, the one who knows how to scrape can just move so much faster. Yeah. See, I, I need to learn how to scrape data. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're teaching you. We, yeah, we got I know. Varun, <laughs> what are your thoughts on I what mean, I, I don't have too much to more. add relative to what Eric said. I think the more technical you are, the more indispensable and differentiated you become as a, yeah. as a person and as a resource on a team. I think that if you um, can learn how to do these things, there are very few people who know how to do these things. And uh, and you, the key is you don't want to have to depend on other people, right? You don't want to have to depend on this person to show you how to how an API works, on this person to help you set up these app these apps, on this person to help you build lists. And if you can just be more self sufficient, um, you can develop all these skills. And they're really really rare. And Soon you won't be an SDR, soon you'll be an AE, and then you'll be managing people. And maybe you uh, decide to start your own business because of how successful you are and uh, and how, how much and, and how much value you're creating. Like, honestly, if I was one of these people, like, 
like and Eric knows, like Legion agencies, very lucrative businesses, and uh, and like very good, uh, and 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 not that hard to understand the core skill sets, and like uh, it's there for the taking for people who are hungry and who want to learn and get better. And and that's I think that's the point. I I, I think that's the piece of this that that I I hope my audience is listening to. You know, and I and you guys have heard me say this before. I say. You know, I did a training one time and, and you know, 300 kids at the end. When I say kids, obviously, that's a Boston thing. They weren't all kids. Um, but, uh, you know, one of them said, hey, John, you train of all, you train all of our, you know, we saw your logos, man. We, we train, you train all of our competitors. Like, if you train us all in the same content, then where where does that leave us, right? And I said 10, 60, 30. And he goes, what? I go 10, 60, 30. I go 10% of you in this room. I'm going to take what I tell you and run with it and execute at the highest level because that's the type of people you are. 60% of you in this room are going to do something different because it's easy and it makes sense. 30% of you ain't going to do shit different. So the question isn't how many people can I train? The question is, is what percentage do you want to be in? And I genuinely believe that and let like, look, I've always been a little bit frustrated with B players because I'm like, oh, why don't you want to be a fucking A player? But I've realized a long time ago that the world needs B players. If we, if we had all A players, we'd tear each other apart, right? So there are the people who are just happy doing what they're doing. But unfortunately, I look at those people, which is probably the bottom part of that 50% in the middle, that 60% in the middle, right? That those people are in danger of getting replaced through automation because if their jobs are just kind of doing the job, but it's that the top end of that 50% that want to get better and those 10% that know what's going on right now, it's that spot. The top 50% of that 60% is the people that I'm speaking to right now. And that I'm trying to get on this train of figuring this shit out and learning and, and trying to forget what you know and get on the train right now for what is to come. Because like I said, I personally think that we're going to start seeing move stuff move faster than I personally have ever seen in my career. And I, and I look, I get the telegram to this and I get the, the leaps that we've made. Okay. But not in the past 15 years have we seen leaps and we're seeing leaps right now. Now, how do we monetize all this stuff? Who fucking knows? There's a bunch of noise out there right now, but the fact that Microsoft put 10 billion into OpenAI and they have LinkedIn and they have, you know what I mean? Like I'm now looking at Microsoft going, ooh, you know, everybody's like, look, oh, Microsoft, you old fuck. No, no, no. <laughs> like once they put all these pieces together, they're going to potentially be the fucking killer app again for everybody. Um, what else should be people paying attention to right now? Anything that, anything that, that i mean look like i said i think emotional intelligence i don't know how to train on emotional intelligence um but it's but i think it's important i think curiosity is really important and um like i said business acumen learning the the structure of business so you can actually have conversations with people about this and the impact that it's having because i'll tell you right now i'm not talking about sales training anymore with a lot of the the, the teams that i'm having conversations with I'm like, yeah, yeah, I can train your team like based on this contract. Have you seen what's going on out there? What are your thoughts on this? And because I'm staying like, like literally even a half a step ahead, they're like, what the fuck? Holy shit. You, I need you to talk to my CRO. I need you to talk to, and I'm elevating the conversation because I have business acumen and because I have context and I'll put, I'll bring one point up and this is my fear is you said customer service, Eric, is going to fundamentally change, right? I totally agree with you. I saw a 15-year-old kid create a customer service response on TikTok, right? Where he just automated all his customer support stuff. And I was like, holy shit, that's brilliant. And I guarantee that's better than almost anybody would ever do. But the problem is that kid's 15 years old. 
He has no idea what customer success or service even is. So are, is, I guess let me ask you this. Is it, does it matter the context that somebody brings to this technology? Or is the technology good enough that somebody without experience can be vastly better than somebody with experience but without the knowledge, without the tech, right? So when I say this, like, if I'm going to say, like, somebody like me, old school, fucking get it, right? But I'm kind of a luttered when it comes to the technology versus some 20-year-old kid who has a little bit of knowledge about sales with tools like what you guys have? Who wins? Wow, what a great question. Who wins? I know my answer. 20-year-old kid, because there's enough knowledge out there right now from guys like me. I mean, think about the Varun. You, you had this with the artists, right? Like, blows your mind with the artists. What the fuck is going to happen with artists right now? There's no original art anymore and all of that. And, and there's actually lawsuits now of artists suing because the bot is learning off of me. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the Beatles. If I'm the fucking Beatles right now and AI is being pointed at my library and creating music that sounds like my shit, like I, I gave the machine that. But now any fucking dipshit kid can say, write me a song like the Beatles and I want to I want to be it about, you know, balloons and frogs and whatever it is and it'll sound like a cool ass song for the Beatles so is it better to be that kid with technology knowledge like you said like learn the learn their scraping and learn that or a, 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 a an experienced person that has the knowledge but can't scale it can't get it out to as many people oh what a good question because I, I could see both sides of it and I, I think I'm going to just answer it with an example of the amount of people that Varun and I demo and we say, essentially, every database that you could possibly want is at your fingertips right now. And if we don't have it yet, we'll build it. Yeah. And you also can use Google inside of Clay. So any research that you want to do, t- tons of time people are like, well, I like I always check to see if they mention this thing on their website. All right, done. We can do it. It's yeah. over. Yeah. You know, move on to the next thing. But the amount of people that we demo who, who come to us and they say, I just want to get emails at a sales navigator is just ridiculous and i'm like like i've even been on demos with people and they're like we think clay can change your entire sales function and then i talk them through the process and i'm like i'm gonna be completely honest uh clay is actually a little overbloated for you 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 should do x y and z and here's a couple parts that you could do in clay would love if you buy the software but honestly you just need these three softwares and you could just go nuts and they, they like i was on the phone with the head of growth and then the the other person on the phone was like the VP of operations. And she looks at the head of growth and she's like, I can't believe you never thought of that before. <laughs> and so the reason I say this is because I think the one thing that the 20 year olds doesn't bring is they don't bring the context to have good ideas. Like all of this is, is great, but to not have a good idea just, just kills the amount of times I meet marketers and I tell them, I'm like, the best thing you can do in a cold email is give your most valuable thing away for free. And then they come up and they're like, well, we have this white paper. I'm like, no. No, no. So what I mean by that is, so at Clay, we're about to launch an outbound campaign. Of course, it's a test. I have no, I have no, we've never done outbound. We get so much inbound that that we have to, we're, we want to get our feet wet though, because we need to know one, how does an outbound program work? And then if we run ads, what are we going to say? The, we, we have to figure these things out. And the outbound campaign I'm running is going to be to about 700 GDPR compliance softwares. And I'm going to tell them, look, I know a big part of your workflow is knowing if the, if the company you're reaching out to is even compliant to begin with. I, I'm sending in the email. I'll teach you 
how to scan their website for the keywords GDPR compliant, GDPR, and data processing addendum. So you know before you talk to them that they're GDPR compliant or not. And that's the campaign we're going to run. And if anybody's listening to this podcast and wants to tell me that that's not a valuable, you know, a value first campaign, oh, love to get an opinion on yes. what would be better no. than that. Come on. But there's so many marketers who are like, well, we have this white paper. We can show people how to do these things. And it's like, no. And so that's, that's the only thing that I have against that is there are people, you know, business brokers speak to them all the time. Uh, I, 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 one of my most successful campaigns I've ever run is targeting businesses that potentially want to sell. Anybody want to take that campaign? It's a 12% response rate campaign. Super, super easy. Talk to business brokers. They have no clue how to make that work. Nothing at all. So you have these people who have all this context and they've been in the industry for 20 years, but they they can't even open that up. So I don't know quite how to answer that question, but I, I do want to just say that like people are missing a ton of context and just good ideas. But then there's also people who know what to say, but then they don't have the technology. So again, I, I hate to say that it's somewhere in the middle, but yeah. with those two examples, I hope it makes sense of why I'm saying that. I, I get it. Varun, what do you think? I think the 20-year-old is probably going to be better positioned at, better positioned at creating a, a small software business that makes him like a million dollars a year or something. And that uh, you would be better positioned at asking people to pay, pay you like you know $20,000 a month for uh, advice that they can't find anywhere else. And so I think both people will be successful just in uh, different ways. Yeah, I think that's, and I think that's where, you know, my hope is, is, is that kind of the experienced people get on this train to realize that they can actually now leverage their experience at such a bigger volume. Yeah, and they make can productize it. Yeah, they can productize it and they can actually make a bigger difference. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, that's true. Like I, I can make a bit, I feel like, you know, I've, I've always been frustrated and I'm, and I'm going to and you guys are going to help me do this, you know, from, for instance, for me, Grant Cardone, I fucking hate Grant Cardone, but Grant Cardone is a hundred X me. Why? Cause he's got this megaphone and he has no problem stuffing crap down people's fucking throats and forcing them to buy and doing the old school bullshit. Right. And I've, he's like the bane of my existence. I'm like, God, you know, if there's a direction that a rep comes into sales and they get, you know, I'm just hoping they get access to my stuff versus his stuff before they dive in, right? So, because they're going to take one of those two tracks. And so, but I don't have a megaphone and I want to help more people do sales, in my opinion, the right way, right? Well, I'm so, so sorry to interrupt, Please. but what I, we were talking about like, all right, so what should people focus on? I, you want me to scrape a website? I can scrape any website. I could get through Cloudflare, you know, whatever you want me to get through. And yep. if you even know what I meant by Cloudflare, then you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, but one thing that I wanted to add onto that is, all right, if you're not going to be this technical, then you should learn how to build an audience because the ability to build an audience is going to just get more and more expensive as time goes on. And you should just start doing it right now. So if you're a sales rep and you're like, I don't even know where to get started in technical, just start posting content because I, I, I'm i not sure if you knew this, but I had the opportunity to work with Grant Cardone. It was a partnership. I didn't work in the company, but we we partnered with them and I saw it from the, from the outside looking in and their ability to just cram content down people's throat is is a hundred percent their success. There, there's literally no other success. Like if they can just cram content down people's throat, and so that's what I say, and that's why I said about you know if you're a sales rep and you you're a beacon for your company on LinkedIn, you can get four thousand views a post on LinkedIn, and if you try to do the same thing on Instagram, you're going to get forty. Like literally, you could just start posting today and get more eyeballs than what you would pay for ads on Instagram. 
So, but people just don't do that enough. And so I 100% agree with you. And then it's, it's the next side of just how do you take on like an Alex Hermosi content style where you have this quantity of, of content and the quality is super high and you can just keep ripping through that. And sales reps should, uh, you know, uh, there are sales reps who are, who are changing their entire career just because they start, started posting on TikTok. Like you have no clue who these people are, but they're like now the cold calling master because you saw them on TikTok. You know, it's so, uh, you know, that's what I think. Another thing, sales reps, if, if you don't want to get technical, start start putting out that content. Well, and real quick before you jump in, Varun, I, you know, that's what I'm learning, too, is is we at Sell, at Sell Better here. You know, I started this as Jay Barrows. I didn't want to, I because I, I was like, ah, like I'm. People don't think I'm an like people think I'm an extrovert. I'm not. I'm 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 an introvert, and I force myself to be an extrovert when I have to. Um, so me being Jay Barrows, I was like, ah, fuck, I don't like this, right? But I said, all right, well, you, training is about the person, and the training is like a fifty-fifty thing. And the, but then as we grew up, we moved to JB Sales. And then we moved to sell better by JB Sales. And that was a very purposeful thing to get away from me personally and put it on the company. But now, and this is this is literally this inflection point for us, any 20-year-old kid can do chat GPT and you know, you read a few blog posts and be the expert, like you said, on TikTok, the cold calling expert, right? So me trying to like us as a business being like what we are, and I think we have a great brand. But we're going to have, we're like, I'm going to have to lean back in on the personal brands of this be, based on the industry, based on how long I've been in here in this industry, because there's credibility there. And that's what I'm going to now start to leverage more than anything else I've ever done, which is my credibility in this space. Because that's what, I, if you're going to listen to somebody, like everybody can kind of do the same thing. So who should you listen to? And it's brands, it's personal brands, it's people with followings, it's people who are adding value to their communities. And, and companies, I've always said this, I think companies are going to have to get very comfortable with individuals within their companies representing their brands, like chief, you know, chief um, evangelist officers and those type of things. So insights there, Varun, your thoughts? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think that the, yeah, people should definitely, I mean, there, there are, there, there used to be this culture, like, um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Demand Curve, which is like a, a very popular, like content, uh, platform for you know they, they write great stuff on growth basically and they have an agency that's attached to it and they have these amazing guides on growth and someone on our team used to actually work at demand curve and wrote a bunch of like guides and stuff like that uh um on their website and then like he left and then they erased his name from everything <laughs> and uh and this is like a really like prominent website and so i feel bad for kind of calling them out but i think they now Literally. actually uh put their uh keep everyone's names on it now so i think they've changed policies there but like those types of policies, that type of approach isn't going to, uh, you know, get the types of people that you need who are going to champion your brand. And I think the more that these companies have more of a, a you know, a human voice and like more of like, um, and more resonant and, and, and try like, you know, we at Clay, we have a Slack and actually all of our support happens on the Slack. There's not, there's nothing else. There's no like, I mean, I guess you can email us, but there's no like Zendesk or intercom or anything like that. Like you get on the Slack and like, you just talk to us like immediately and it's like you have a problem we fix it you want something we do it you know and like you know maybe that can't work if we have ten thousand customers but uh but for now it's working and i think like there are people who actually buy clay just because of the slack because they get there they're like wow this is crazy the 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 value that we get uh is like insane just from seeing what other people are able to build you know um and so i think the more that brands can um you know 
lift up the people who work there and and sort of make that a lot more human the more they can get differentiated in unique ways yeah and that's the that's the balance right i see it from a business standpoint it's it's kind of like training right now these days because there's very little limited loyalty anymore in general and i'm saying from both sides of this equation you know like for instance the average sdr so what is it 14 months or something like that maybe at yeah. best and i don't mean like average sdr before they get promoted to another role i mean average at the company right so if you're a company looking to invest in your team you, you need to give training because if you don't give training and you know you, if you don't invest in your people then they're going to leave but if you do invest in them there's a strong likelihood they're going to leave so from a brand standpoint I'm going to invest Varun. I want you to come over here. I want you to be Varun. I want you to go out there. I want you to build your brand and we're going to help you do that. And holy shit, you just built your brand and now you're fantastic. And now you're going to go bounce and do something else because you're more valuable to somebody else. So I, it's this weird, I, I don't envy uh, organizations right now trying to figure this out because I think individuals with brands and who know like what you guys are saying, like get out there, start posting, get a following and those type of things, they're going to be able to kind of basically call their shots right because if you can bring an audience to a company you're far more valuable than if you're a great sales rep um because we're just i i personally think that that we're doing this from a marketing and sales standpoint i think marketing is eating sales i, I think most sales reps have to become mini marketers and 100 oh, yeah like because if there's not like it's not about the just the cold it's about the tweet the share the retweet the email the video the all these little small positive impression points that, that we're coming after you with and then once that intersection happens where i finally got you to say huh maybe i should talk now i gotta be a real person right but it's uh <laughs> yeah i mean I, I i see where i see where it's going i see, I, I see iron man like that's I also what I don't see. understand. Oh yeah, there. Uh, my computer's name is Sales Jarvis. That like it's like I've literally named it that. If you look it up on Bluetooth, um, and so uh, I, I told I, I just don't understand why reps don't invest in these like social kind of you know audience building because even if you don't have maybe an audience, at least maybe they're intimidated. Wow. But it's like at least even if you don't have an audience, somebody could still look you up and say, oh wow. They post valuable content or the amount of times I get on a call and somebody's like, I saw you on the podcast, yeah. uh, you know, on another podcast or I saw your LinkedIn post. It's been super helpful. I just have these couple of questions and then yep. I'm going to buy clay. It's like, perfect. That's what we're here for. Like, that's that's what this whole motion is all about. Um, and, and so, yeah, I but also I, this is also becoming super important because as we, I love outbound and the reason I love outbound is because the ROI is just nuts. If you can get it right. Right. We're talking about a couple email domains data. That's, you know get it from the right place it's half a penny per contact you know super super cheap and great roi and you could go directly to people you know are qualified there's there's a lot of things for outbound we have solutions like gated that are blocking people's inbox the spam filter is tougher to get through i i keep my phone on do not disturb i don't pick up a phone call of anybody from an unknown number that i i don't see uh linkedin is cracking down on how many dms you could do i i actually think that outbound as a whole might even be in trouble one day and, and audience building ads and you know all that stuff is like all that's going to be left over anyway so if if i tell sales reps anything i always tell them you know get get your social game on point get your technical quotient on point because you're gonna have to lean on those pretty hard going forward and i i think one of the things Varun, you might have said it like they're scared but i think it's also this this immediate satisfaction or immediate immediate gratification that everybody's looking for and they're not playing the long game right they're looking so if they post for instance 
like, look, right now, I mean, I just read the other day that uh, podcasts, it's harder than ever now to start a podcast. Like if you started a podcast like two to three years ago, you got a lot of traction, right? Same thing with TikTok. Like if you got on TikTok early, man, that fucking algorithm puts you everywhere. But now it's really hard to go viral on TikTok, right? So I think there's that immediate gratification like short-term thing that isn't there for them and therefore they give up right because it's not it's not going to directly lead to revenue doing a social post doing sharing something like that and the and the pressure that these reps have to deliver results yeah balanced by right yeah so they're not long-term they're looking short-term and therefore they're going to helpful to say you know and uh and it has to be helpful valuable like um that's not easy you know there's That's a true. hack to that. There, the, my hack to that, and this is what I tell reps, don't tell people how fucking smart you are. It's just like challenger sale. Fuck you, challenger sale. Like, I mean, literally, and I don't mean like, great, I love challenger sale and I think it's a great thing. But I mean, <laughs> who in there, I, I got myself in trouble a while back. Like I stood up in front of a whole group of, this was like 10 years ago. I said, like, could you all do me a favor and stop teaching 22 year old kids how to be a fucking challenger, please? Like they don't even know what they're talking about yet to be a challenge. Like Gary Vee said, you can't be a 22 year old life coach, right? You haven't even lived yet. So, but, but the ability to share content of what you're learning through, that's the key. It's if you yeah. consume content with, with the, with the primary goal of learning, and then what you do is you share that with your context yeah. of what you learned. At yeah, building public. That's, then, then it doesn't matter how many people click on your shit because you, you've actually crossed off the primary yeah. goal, which is you learning. Because I think every... Of, yeah, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Every creator needs to start from a place of, I did this versus you should do this. Yes. That's where, like, you can post, you should do this stuff all the time. Varun and I are ringing the bell every day of like, I just made this, like, but we're not saying this is the sales motion that you need to yeah. take on. And so that's, and it's just people knowing kind of their spot on that, that line of, you know, when, and I don't even really know when you cross that line no, of you should you do shouldn't. this. You oh, shouldn't. sure. Great. In my yeah. opinion, I never, you hear me, you, you will rarely hear me say, this is exactly what you should do to when you make a cold call. Mine is, I don't know, try this and try this. I've tried this and it works a little bit better for me, but you could try that because your yeah. personality is different than mine, right? Yeah. So there it is from Jay Barrows. You even keep it always to, I did this, you know, yeah. like, because yeah. you're absolutely right on that. It, too many people are like, I'm the next, you know, cold email king. And it's like, ah, yeah. I ran this campaign. I got a 3% response rate. Anyone got thoughts? So, you know, it's far better content than the other one. Hell yeah. yeah. When it comes to content, I feel like there's like two ends of the spectrum. There's either like people who are absolute experts in their space or like have this like amazing history that other people don't know about. Like, you know, sometimes I see on Twitter, like, these former NHL players are like, here's what it's like to really be an NHL player. Or here's, I was a pilot on private planes. Here's what it's like to actually be, yeah, cool. um, to, 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 you know, do chartered planes all the time or stuff like that. And when that, and that's interesting to people because it's this like, you know, 1% thing where someone has a set of experiences and no one else does and they're sharing that. And that, that's super valuable. And then you have the other end where it's like, you know, you don't know anything about something, but you're teaching people as you go along, you know, and that's like super valuable too. And so those like two ends of the spectrum, I find like really, really helpful as like grounding mechanism, like what can be successful. You notice that, and I'll make last point here on that is you notice the, the people that, that you would look to, to say, wow, that is the fucking expert. You know, he should be telling me what to do. For instance, you notice most of them have podcasts where they have conversations about it as opposed to posting things about what That's you true. should do. Mm -hmm. Like I look yeah. at Simon Sinek, 
Simon Sinek, based on where he is in the industry, he should be telling us, go do your why. Like, set up your why. You need to do this. This is that. These are what your values should be. But he doesn't do that. He says, here, here's what the why did for me. Here's, here's an example of when somebody got true to their why, what it did for their life. It's like, oh shit, right? As much as he could be telling me, like, you got to do this. He's having a conversation about it and giving stories and examples and, and learning lessons. Uh, uh, Tim Ferriss, another brilliant person who most people would agree. Tim Ferriss, tell me what the fuck to do, man. How do I, how do I make a four hour work week? Tell me what to do, right? But, but everything in the four hour work week is an example of how he did it. Like he's not saying do it. He's like, this is what I did. And this is what it made. This is how it allowed me to live this life that I lived. Right. So that's where I think that I'm noticing the, to me, the real soothsayers, the real ones who are out there, they're having conversations like this and they're humble enough to realize what they know and what they don't know. And they, they interject when they do, you know what I mean? And, and they take a step back when they don't. And that's to me, I think social building brands all day, every day. So shit guys, we covered a lot of, covered a lot of, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think we could, I mean, I'm excited to be working with you guys on this because my hope is, is that with your help, I, we can turn me into that, the, the sales rep of the future who can do, you know, who has exactly what I said earlier, who has the experience, but can leverage the technology to get that experience out to, to a broader audience and has the context to do it. And, but just do it in a, in a way that is thoughtful and is, and is real as opposed to just mass spam engine bullshit that, that I think is going to hit us real fast here, real soon. So I appreciate you guys partnering. And, with and before, and before we close up, can we just tell everyone a little bit tidbit of, of what course, we're working yeah. on? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so if, if anyone's like, well, what, what are they doing? And then they yeah. just cut the podcast. Uh, and so essentially what we're working on is this dynamic customer list. And what we're helping John with is, okay. You want to walk up to every VP of sales and every chief revenue officer of a B2B company that has 50 sales reps. What are you going to say? And what we're doing is we're setting up a conditional format system where I say, all right, John, if this is true about the person, no matter if there's six people in the world that this is true about, if this is true, what's the most awesome thing that you could say if, if this thing is true? And he's like, okay, well, this if these stars align, these four stars uh, that is my ideal customer. They're going to buy from me. Awesome. Perfect. Okay. Now, what if these three stars line? Okay, we're going to say this. Okay, now what if these two stars line? Okay, we're going to say this. All right, new stars. What if, you know, the company is hiring for SDRs? Okay, well, we're going to say this. Well, what if the company just laid off SDRs? Ah, okay, we're going to say this. And so essentially what we're going to be able to do is take all of these contacts on a contact level and an account level and score all of them for these these magic moments, I'll call, and have this dynamic list of, okay, now we've done all of the research completely programmatically. We have all of the verified emails. We're ready to reach out to them. But every email is relevant based off of the stars that are included on that person's line inside of the spreadsheet or the way that they align with with other things that are going on. And, uh, you know, this is, the, in my opinion, the highest and best use case that we have for Clay right now. We were talking to another company that does this they put 14 engineers on the project to be able to make it happen. And even then they're even still taking looks at other things. And so, uh, you know, this, this is, I think is like when we talk about like the new way the sales is going, this, this idea of like a dynamic prospect list where every single prospect has these different things, which then will fall back on, you know, a message that's still valuable. If no stars align, it's not like we're not going to reach out to them, but then we'll, we'll, you know, have all of the people that we have far better things to say to. Yeah. I can't wait to turn this shit on. 
uh, Let's Spirit Witch Archie around tomorrow because I, I got an open day tomorrow if you got some time. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, I was actually going to let you know about that. I was, like, right, I'm uh, work- I was like, I am working on your thing tomorrow morning. So, yep. uh, we I will have to go. I'll be home between nine and uh, 11 and then after 12. So, I'm yours. You're still okay. Cool. Yeah, I'll ping you on Slack. Varun, um, tell people where to like clay. It's clay.run, right? That's the clay. website. Com. Clay.com. Okay, Upgrade. cool. Great. We got that domain, baby. Oh, you got it. Oh, good for you. I was like, because I keep, I kept screwing it up. I was like, clay.io, clay.run. And so it's clay.com. You got it. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And, and where do you want to, do you just want to point, point people there? Like, what's the best paper? Because I, I'm going, I rarely do this, by the way. Um, I never tell, I never lean in on say, oh, you definitely have to do this. I, I'm like, all right, give, give you a little promo here. This is one where I'm going to tell reps, go fucking check this out. So, so outside really of going that. to your website. Um, is that the place to go or is there other places to hit you guys up to see what you're doing? Yeah, I, I didn't go to the website, um, sign up for the wait list. If you just mentioned John Barrows in the, in the wait list form, well, we'll get you off the wait list. So don't worry about that. Uh, and I would say like, go check it. There's a tab on the website that says like learn clay. Um, there's like 40 videos there of crazy things that you can do. Uh, and just check them out. I mean, I think your creativity can kind of go wild and the more creativity you have, the, the, the more powerful clay can be. And the videos cover everything from how to, you know, get tech stack and news data and job listings and uh, scrape websites for keywords all the way to using, you know, AI to automate emails and to end. So the world's kind of your oyster. I forget. I forgot about that. Um, for those people who are listening right now who are out of work, they can point it at job postings, right? Yeah. So, I mean, we have a Chrome extension that's free. Like you don't, you know, it's free to use whatever. Right. And um, you could like go to LinkedIn jobs, whatever, and scrape all those job listings uh, or Indeed or whatever it might be, put it into Clay and then enrich it. And, you know, all everyone on the free trial gets like 1500 credits. So um, uh, put it into Clay and then enrich those companies and figure out, uh, you know, which are the companies that are the right fit for you, you know, depending on employee size or fundraising data. And, and then get the email of your hiring manager, or find out who that is, reach out to them. Like, yeah, it's a great um, hack for recruiting as well. That's fantastic. All right. All right, guys, my head's spinning as usual. I appreciate it. Uh, hopefully we didn't freak too many people the fuck out right now. But I, I do say that that those of you who are listening, and if you know me and you're listening, you've been a long-time listener here, You, yeah, I, I'm, I have a feeling you give a shit. And I have a feeling that you care about improving and staying relevant in this world. So stay relevant. Listen. Go fucking try some of this shit out. Play around with stuff. Break shit. Ask questions. Get better. Because otherwise, you will get replaced. And so with that, ending on a happy note, even if you are freaked the fuck out right now and you think this blew up your world and, are fr- and you're like, holy shit, I had a terrible day because of it, go out there and make somebody smile today. Because uh, no matter how bad you think your day goes or how bad you think it is out there, if you make somebody smile today, you know you had a good day. The world needs a lot more of that right now. So thank you all very much, and I'll see you on the other side. Thank you so much for your time today and listening to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed the conversation as much as I did. With your support and our incredible guests, we're one of the top sales podcasts in the industry with over a million downloads, and I can't thank you enough. To keep the momentum going, if you could go to your favorite podcast platform and leave us a five-star review, I would greatly appreciate it. In return, I will answer any question that you have on Instagram. Hit me up there at John Amazon Michael Barrows with a video question or a DM, and I will get right back to you, I promise. And last but not least, if you're looking for training, 
I'm adjusting my training approach this year and I'm actually gonna be delivering training to the masses. I'll be delivering live training the first and second week of every single month with our two marquee courses, filling the funnel and driving a close to anybody who wants to join. And it includes membership in our on-demand platform with weekly AMAs. So you can go to jbarrows.com open to check out the details. Thanks again and have a great day.